It's post time. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show. With your hosts, fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller. And two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show. Presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. Find a way to bitch about five and one. We will find a way. Boy, it doesn't, it never is easy, Howard, but somehow, some way, the Bears make it more difficult than it needs to be. But give them credit. They are now five and one on the season in which they've already made a quarterback change and they're three and oh on the road. And I think the biggest thing is they're three and oh on the road. So being able to, to go on the road and come away with a victory. Uh, really speaks volumes about what this team is about right now. And I think you got to give the defense a lot of credit. They are really starting to find their groove as the season moves forward. There's no doubt about it. In consecutive weeks now, the Bears defense has really come to play. They set the tone early with a turnover in the red zone, which put the Bears in really good position to take advantage. Nick Foles does what he needs to do early on and probably for the most part of the game he I would phrase it like that he does what he needs to do to get the Bears a win again five and one three and oh as they take a 23 to 16 win in Carolina in a season when three three and oh on the road is impressive but it's certainly not three and oh in a normal year because crowds are well this is the first game that the Bears actually had uh, a real crowd in the stands and obviously we know it was uh minimal because of COVID, right? Yeah. So I mean, listen. I, I know we're gonna we're gonna have some callers that are still gonna be upset. I, I think we're gonna be upset at just how they're winning football games. But that's that's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to continue to to analyze and break down where this team can be much better. And I'm sure we're gonna get into that over the next two hours. There's no doubt about it. Again, three one two three three two three seven seven six. We are your post game show. We're here with you. Two hours after every Bears game, taking your calls, getting the instant reaction from you, the fan, letting you sound off on how you feel. Hey, look, maybe you're looking at it as, look, they're 5-1, and one, and they haven't played their best football. And I can certainly understand if you're somebody who looks at it as uh, glass half full here, and you want to give the Bears praise for being 5-1, and one, and maybe you say, you know what, they can only get better from here, because if the offense starts to put it together in any shape or form then all of a sudden the bears could be a real threat as the season unwinds yeah i think this is a team as things start to unfold that they're going to have to rely upon their defense their defense is going to have to be able to take the ball away and put them in situations where they can make plays i don't see at this particular point this offense being able to go out and dominate uh games and really be able to control it you know they've got a tough stretch coming up next and they're really going to need uh this defense to to continue to play at a high level there's no doubt about it, and uh, they are 5-1 and one right now as they await. The Packers will be taking on the Buccaneers here in the afternoon in a showdown between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. But right now, the Bears, 5-1, and one, it, it is impressive. Uh, they have a 12-point differential. They've scored 128 on the season, but they've only given up 116. And look, they... They, defensively, they've done what they needed to do. There was certainly, yeah, I guess we can open it up now and say uh, Matt uh, Nagy's 
inabilities yet yet again to run out the clock is another questionable move there late in the game Jeez. when they're when they're throwing the ball to Allen Robinson. It's it's uh, was a third and two, and I understand wanting to go for the kill, but again, just like last week, you, you allow the Panthers uh, a second opportunity to go down for the tying score. Now again, the defense plays well. But but it, it leaves me wondering what is Matt Nagy doing? Why can't he just run the ball, Howard? Yeah, I think he's he's probably also uh, convinced that from a, a rush standpoint, mm-hmm. his line's not going to be able to get it done for him. Um, because I mean, the, that that has to be the only explanation, right? Mm-hmm. You got two weeks in a row where you know he failed to to really manage the clock properly, and, and that's not good. And, and so there's got to be a reason that he feels that way. And hopefully he, he answers that question uh, when we have him on the, uh, at the post game. Yeah, offensively, nobody really stood out. Nobody had a huge game. Uh, we can mention that Cole Komet finally uh, introduced himself to the end zone. Uh, nice throw by Nick Foles there in the uh, first quarter. And Cole Komet comes down with it with uh, three Panthers defenders surrounding him. So that was a nice play. It was good to see him finally get on the board. Uh, but David Montgomery, you mentioned the running game struggling. 19 carries for 58 yards. And maybe that is why he chose to try and throw the ball to run out the clock there. But, uh, yeah, David Montgomery against a Beat up Panthers defense without Quan Short, who who was lost for the year. We found that out earlier in the week. So, uh, boy, it, it it was disappointing to see the fact that the Bears could not take advantage of a run defense that I thought was ripe for the picking. Yeah, they were right there, right? You thought this was a team they'd be able to go out and establish themselves, but again, uh, Montgomery struggles to get back to the line of scrimmage. Has to make a lot of guys miss it, and you can see when he gets the ball in his hands and he has some room. He is an outstanding back, and I think a back that, that deserves to continue to get the ball. But he's got to get this offensive line, or Coach Nagy's got to get this offensive line playing much better because they're not, they're not anywhere where they need to be to be able to control games and salt them away. You talk about being able to go out and run the clock out. You've got to be able to do that for, as an offensive line to be able to step up and, and be able to, to close a game out. And They're not there right now. That is the voice of two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. I am Jeff Meller. We're your Bears post-game show here on ESP 1000 for two hours after every Bears game, allowing you, the fan, to sound off. Let's try John, who's in Evanston, wants to tell us how he feels about this game. What's up, John? Well, the, uh, the offense, I mean, the defense, I, I'll give them an A. They had a couple of takeaways, and and they had a third, but it was called back on pass interference. Their defensive line got in on Bridgewater pretty consistently, but what bothered me was when they had the ball, you know, first and goal at the one and they couldn't get it in twice on the run. And then no, I guess Foles ran it in himself. And he was talking to the head coach when he came off the field, like maybe he went into the huddle and just called his own number and said, we're going to get this ball in the end zone. (laughs) So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. It was an ugly win offensively, but Hey, they're five and one. And let's just got to work on that offensive line to help your young running back because right now he ain't getting it done and it's not his fault. Yeah, John, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. And he makes some good points when you talk about getting on the goal line. And, you know, sure, you want to be able to pound it in. But again, I mean, you know, they've got enough tight ends on uh, on this roster where they should be able to control the line of scrimmage and help be able to do that. But they've got to get that fixed. It's no question about it. They've got to get that fixed because they can't get into, they can't continue to win against really good teams uh, when you can't run the ball and you're just one dimensional. And I don't think 
really Nick Foles is that type of quarterback that's just going to uh, win games with his arm. Howard, do you have any snaps left in you? <laughs> I got nothing. Oh. I, I, listen. Because, <laughs> listen, the Bears are hurting for a good old-fashioned fullback. J.P. Holtz uh, in at the uh, goal line. They're not getting it done, unfortunately, like John mentioned. But you got nothing left for us, Howard? Not even a few goal line lead lead uh, blocks there? Listen, it would hurt me to put on my uniform. Oh. I might pull a, pull a hamstring doing that, but... You know, they got to figure it out. They got to come up with some packages um, and, and try to work, try to work around this offensive line to to try to put them in a spot where they can have some success. Uh, you know, it, it's and you're not like you're, you're not going to be able to go pick guys up in the middle of the season that are going to be able to help you. So they've got to start, you know, putting a game plan together that can help this football team be able to run the ball with some consistency. He is Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Miller. We're talking about a Bears win over the Panthers today, 23-16. to If you happen to miss it, feel free to give us a call, 312-332-3776. And uh, it is interesting. Uh, my man Dennis Gordon on Twitter points out they only ran 15 seconds off the clock yeah. there at the end of the game. Boy, uh, it's you just make it, you pull your hair hair out with uh, with Matt Nagy at times because you're like man you seem so inventive I know the players play for you they, they there's no doubt about it that he has a command of the mm-hmm. room and and his players do love playing for him but boy uh, he just seems to miss on some of the basics and it just as a Bears fan it, it drives you crazy yeah it has to it has to because it, at some point you're gonna pay the price for doing that. Somebody's going to make you pay the price for mismanaging the clock the way it's happened. And uh, they've been fortunate uh, to, to really come away with it, but that's not good. It's not, it's not good at all. If, you, uh, if you've been uh, just kind of monitoring what's going on, the Titans beat the Texans in overtime here. The uh, game was – that was a shootout, man. The Titans end up uh, – they, they jump out to an early lead. The Texans, though, come back with Deshaun Watson in the first game without Bill O'Brien as their head coach. They – with Romeo Cornell as the uh, – shepherding the way as the interim coach. The Texans come firing back. Derrick Henry rips off a 94-yard touchdown run to, t- to uh, put the Titans ahead, but then – Sure enough, Will Fuller and the Texans come up with a Notre Dame product, of course. Will Fuller comes up with a with a long touchdown. That one was a shootout. It goes to overtime, and the Titans, though, get the win with uh, Derrick Henry's second touchdown. Monster day for him, 212 yards, two touchdowns elsewhere around the league. Uh, the Colts uh, come back from uh, behind against the, Bel- the Bengals, 31-27. to Falcons put it on the Vikings. They score 40 points, 10 in each quarter. They beat the Vikings 40 to 23 and the Vikings in the NFC North are now 1 and 5. That mm. is astonishing. It doesn't feel like the Vikings have played that poorly, but man, they are 1 and 5 right now and they have created a huge hole for themselves. The Lions beat up on the Jaguars. They win 34 to 16 today, moved to 2 and 3. The Steelers take take uh, take advantage of a depleted Browns team, a bunch of beaten up players there, thirty eight to seven. The Steelers are now five and zero. The Giants take uh, one from the Washington Football Team. They get their first win of the season. They're now uh, twenty to nineteen, a close one there. Broncos a little bit surprising there, here, Howard. They beat <laughs> the uh, Patriots eighteen to twelve. Bunch of field goals for the Broncos yeah. there, and a little surprised that Bill Belichick could not take advantage of the Broncos there. Haven't been able to do it, but, uh, you know, they just want to come out of there with a win, but they, they weren't able to do that, and the Broncos have been struggling really offensively, uh, but they were able to find a way at home to get a win today. The Eagles are trying their best to 
put together a valiant comeback. They trail the Ravens 30-28. to They have the ball right now, though, so uh, we shall see how that one turns out. But again, 312-332-3776. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Howard Griffith. We're taking your phone calls. Instant reaction to a 5-1 and Bears football team. Let's try Al, who's in Logan Square. Hello, Al. You're on the postgame show, my man. Hey, what's going on? You know, first of all, I'm glad the Bears won five and one, right? Uh, so, bear down. But uh, just uh, we finally see Montgomery have some here and there, some runs that were over three yards, and Matt Nagy just uh, discourages players by going for, for a pass where we need to run the clock out and waste their time out. I mean, I, I just I don't get it. Psychologically, with uh, X's and O's, there's just no reason why he's throwing that pass at the, at the, in, the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, thanks for the call. Uh, they've got to figure it out, and he's got to figure it out. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, maybe he doesn't have the confidence in his offensive line or in the run game to be able to make plays uh, down the stretch when he needs them. But they've got to figure it out. That's why he's the coach. That's why you get the big bucks. You got offensive line coaches. You got you've got some issues in that room right now as far as coaches is concerned. Um, but you, you got to get it figured out because this is this is a problem. No doubt about it. Uh, what's the old chance? Uh, nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. We got screwed. The yeah. uh, the Bears got screwed not once but twice. That's right. Two screws. Wow. I'll tell you how next. Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. More post game coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 post game show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That was the second time in the game that I believe the Bears got hosed on a call. Jalen Johnson picks up the pass interference when late in the fourth quarter there. DJ Moore along the sidelines. Jalen Johnson just making a play on the ball, Howard. And DJ Moore's arm got locked up with Jalen Johnson through no fault of Jalen Johnson's. And the... The refs feel the need to throw the flag, and it was a brutal call, which sets the Panthers up on the one-yard line and essentially put them back into the game because at that point they were trailing by two scores, and that one made it a touchdown game. And and that was after Kyle Fuller got flagged for an unnecessary roughness call when I I don't understand at this point. I, I understand that you're trying to protect defenseless receivers but at a certain point too I don't think there's any defensive back in the league who's better at being aware of putting their shoulder down and not their head than Kyle Fuller he's done it time and time again and and he got flagged for an unnecessary roughness call earlier in the game what is going on because I think the Bears got hosed on both calls well I'll say this being an offensive guy I mean you can't you can't lock his arm down going down the sideline you Mm -hmm. can't do that and I know he looked and it, it looks like it's a bad call, but the fact that he could not reach up to grab him to to put his hand up because um, you know his arm was being held, mm-hmm. uh, it's part of it. You know, I, I think that's pass interference. But I'm an offensive guy, so I look at it that way. Your bias I, is your bias is showing through, Howard. Absolutely, absolutely, and as he should. But I tell you what, I mean, Kyle Fuller's doing everything, did everything right on the play. Mm-hmm. Right? He did everything right on the play, and. 
you know, the unfortunate part is when you even when you go back and take a look, it wasn't at the head. Nope. I mean, he kept his head out of it. It was shoulder. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but I, I think that's something they have to continue to tweak because that that's that that was a, a, a horrible call. So, you know, and ultimately it affects the team. And, you know, they've got to be able to figure that out, a better way to be able to make that call and get it right, because that's what they have to be able to do. Get the calls right. Yeah. And, and listen, I I know I, I'm not necessarily somebody who wants more replay in the game. But is is that something that in, you know? And similar to the college fashion, where you've got the targeting rules, where they can go back and look at them, do, is that something yeah. the NFL really needs to do at this point? I think they do. I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the numbers are mm-hmm. uh, as far as targeting calls and and how many of them, you know, have been reversed or or how many, you know, just how many have taken place. But that's something you got to get right, and the, we have the mechanisms in place to be able to make sure that that call is made correctly all the time. Uh, because it, you know it's it's a tough call. I understand that you don't you you want to protect the the defensive players, but if a defensive player is doing everything he can uh, to keep his head out of there, he's using his shoulder. Uh, what else is he supposed to do? Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, he he pulls up, and the receiver catches the ball, and you're not trying to hit him. Then the receiver runs for a touchdown. Then you know Fuller looks like a a, a bad football player because he didn't make the tackle. So that's something I think they have to continue to take a look at and continue to tweak. It's And it's one thing, too, that drives me crazy. And I understand, you know, the I understand that the uh, the NFL, you love the offense. It's, you know, in a lot of ways, things are driven by fantasy football. Like they know that people who are watching want to see guys scoring points. So I understand that aspect of it. But it's maddening, too, when the Bears are so talented on defense but it's like you're playing with one hand tied behind your back because those are huge calls, you know, 15 yards and a first down. It, those are game changers in a lot of ways. And the Bears, credit to their defense because they're they're able to overcome it and come up with a huge effort today. But it, it's just, it can be so destructive to a team that is giving you a good defensive effort. Yeah, and, and I think at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you got to keep playing. The players got to keep playing and, and kind of let the chips fall where they may and, and not let a bad call happening again right you, you make a bad play or what's considered a bad play you you get penalized for it so you got to come back out and play again you just have to continue to play and not harp on that turn the page don't let one bad uh, play turn into two that's two-time super bowl champ howard griffith i'm jeff meller we are your post game show after every bears game for two hours talking about the game at hand obviously the bears win 23 to 16 on the road in carolina move to three and zero on the road and five and one on the season, they are waiting to see what happens with the Packers and Bucks. Packers currently up on the Buccaneers, three nothing here early in the first. Let's try Shy calling from Honolulu. What's up, Shy? You're on ESPN 1000. Hey guys, thanks again for taking my call. Um, just a couple observations. You know, it's nice to see. Looks like the defense is getting better each week. Seeing a few more rushes um, on the quarterback and some sacks and turnovers. My worry is the offense. It's who they are. Um, you know, offensive line, I think Howard said earlier, no one's walking in that door and all of a sudden, you know, becoming the stalwart left tackle or some strong guards in the middle to run the ball. And so is this what we're going to see every week? Are we going to see David Montgomery struggling to get maybe 50 yards, Nick Foles throwing for 40 times a game? Because I, I don't think this team will be successful if Nick Foles is throwing that many times. 
Yeah, Shai, thanks. Um, you can't. I mean, he's, he's not that type of, of a player, and, and nor should you be trying to throw it that many times to win. You have to you know, have some sort of a balance uh, because you're, you're going to stress your defense is ultimately what happens with that as the season continues to move forward. So, that, again, they've got to find the balance. They've got to figure out a way to, to be able to execute the run game. Uh, because it's not going to get it any easier the next three weeks. Yeah, it's certainly maddening, but I think, you know, any good coach you'll understand is going to play the matchup. You know, next week the Bears are at Los Angeles. Uh, they're taking on the Rams on Monday Night Football. So that game obviously will be, you know, in the uh, in the primetime uh, limelight there. So they're going to be on the on on center stage for the rest of the league to watch. And that's going to be a little more difficult. It should be, at least you would imagine, a little more difficult of a challenge because the Rams defensively, with Aaron Donald leading the way, are they've been very good this year. And you know that Sean McVay um, is going to call a, a good game at the very least and going to put his offense in position for some success. So it, it, next week will be a challenging game for the Bears. They'll have an opportunity to go to 4-0 on the road. We'll see if they can do it, but it, it's not going to get any easier over the next few weeks. At the Rams next week on Monday night, they then have the Saints come to town where they will play them in a 325 game. And then you go to take on the Titans. So And that, that team's uh, unbeaten as well after beating the Texans and come from behind fashion in overtime this week. So the next three games will be a very good litmus test for this 5-1 and one Bears team. We'll see what they're able to do. But I think it's going to be incumbent upon Matt Nagy to try and devise a plan each week. Like, you know, know what your opponent does well. And, and don't this offense isn't good enough where they can dictate terms, Howard. Yeah, and, that, and that's where they stand. They're not in a position to be able to control football games. That's why... Uh, you know, earlier in the week, Thursday, when I was on, uh, I was talking about it. You know, it's just not an offense that can control a football game. The defense has to be able to take the football away or turn those into points to be able to give them a short field because they're not there right now. And, you know, Shai mentioned that the defense is, is playing really well and they're starting to really pick it up and get pressure on the quarterback. And that's where they have to, to be able to get things done. And, take take advantage of some of those matchups that they have inside with the defensive tackles, which they continue to, to me, playing really well inside, being able to get to the quarterback, uh, tackles for loss, that sort of thing. But, you know, we're just going to have to kind of <laughs> bear this offense for a while because they've got to figure it out. They've got to get better. They've got to start being able to manufacture points um, because it's just not good enough right now to – to be able to to compete against the best of the best in the National Football League. It took six games, but the Bears finally did something they have not done all season. I'll tell you what it is next. The ESPN 1000 Postgame Show returns after these. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Five and one, three and zero oh, on the road. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Howard Griffith. We're talking about another Bears win. They are three and zero oh on the road, and they have finally, Howard, scored some points in the third quarter. Uh, you know, I don't know what it says about your halftime adjustments, but uh, it took, and it also took about 13 minutes into the third quarter before the fi- the Bears could finally cash in. But they do have some points at this point in 
a third quarter. As Nick Foles does run in that one-yard run, it was their first points this season in a third quarter. A little bit of a struggle, right? You, you come out of halftime, you should you know, have your, your plays that you know you want to run and be able to have some success because you've made some adjustments. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, this is a team also that called a timeout Right, mm. go over, discuss plays, and then they come back out and take a delay of the game. Yeah, I mean, w- w- what's really happening? Yeah, it, and you point. You, yeah, that's that's a great point. Is that fine? We can celebrate, uh, you know, a touchdown in the third quarter for once. But it's it's it makes you wonder what is going on because those are like those are mistakes that are unacceptable. I, I, I like Howard. Like I can't imagine. You know, too many like, and and this is on Matt Nagy too. He's the play caller. You're the head coach. I mean, I'm sure I we I have to believe that will be asked in the post game show. I'm sorry, the post game press conference, which we will be airing for you at the top of the hour here. But uh, I can't I can't understand how that even happens. Right, and 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 I tell you this: these are mistakes that you normally see a head a young head coach that comes from the defensive side of the football. Right when you talk about yes. time management, that's where you see these types of mistakes. But you know, a seasoned, you know, head football coach that you know that's, a, that's from the offensive side, you should always understand how to manage the manage the game because that's 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 what you do on the offensive side. You have to be able to manage and understand what's going on, and you know, it just continues to you know raise questions, you know, about you know certain situations that he finds himself in and, and not being able to, to take advantage or make some questionable calls or questionable decisions uh, in those crucial points in the game. Let's head on out to Cal City, one of our favorite callers. Pam is on ESPN 1000. Good afternoon, Pam. Good afternoon, guys. I just want to say congratulations to the Bears. I think they played a pretty decent game. Uh, shout out to the defense for stepping it up today and, you know, really showing out. But I still think we need to work on those third downs because it was like 7-14 and 14 on third down conversions, which to me that's still not good. And that offense, they're going to have to do something with that offense, seriously. I mean, they really need to work on that. But other than that, I'm glad that they won a game and didn't have to come from behind to win it. But, you know, they did kind of take a chance on almost letting those Panthers come back. But all in all, 5-1, and one, not bad for the season start. So let's just keep on pushing and keep on hoping that they uh, get better with that offense this year. Hey, hey, thanks for the call, Pam. Let me ask you this quick question. What would you oh, do? You know, we dro- you were- she dropped oh, off, Howard. Okay, Sorry. all right. Well, we'll have to check in with her next week. For sure. But it'd be interesting to know, you know, what, what do the fans want to see from this offense? Because you look at the, the yards, uh, the completion yards uh, from Nick Foles, and it's more dink and dunk. It's mm-hmm. like five yards. Yes. Right? And, and for a team that, that wants to be explosive – you want to see that number, you know, closer to seven, eight, nine yards uh, to be an explosive offense, and they're, they're just not there yet. So I, I'm interested to also know this is what the fans want to see from this offense. Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to go back and look because I know I can't remember his exact numbers, but he started out hot, um, mm-hmm. you know, completion wise. I don't know if it was eight for his first nine, but uh, he he was very efficient for the first ten or so passes where he completed, you know, all but one. And then you see the final results, 23 for 39. You know, that's not good at all when you consider how he started the game. And I know that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman talked uh, in last Thursday night's game about how streaky he can be. And, yeah. y- y- you know, the one thing is when you're streaky, 
you, you'd hope that you can have you can put together a full game of being hot. And, you know, right now we've failed to see that from Nick Foles at this point. She mentioned that uh, he was, uh, the, the Bears were 7 of 14 on third down. And actually, when you're 50% on third down, that's not bad at all. You'll take that yep. most times. But, Howard, I mean, maybe you can talk about this a little bit. In your experience, though, like, if you want to be a truly elite offense, you know what you do well? You actually don't even get to third down. Or, 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 or honestly, you, you make it third and very short. That's yeah. what the Bears have struggled in. Really good offenses, lots of times, will pick up those first downs on first or second down, believe it or not. And yeah. that's something that the Bears right now are struggling to do because they're in too many third downs. They're, they're not picking up the easy, uh, you know, the easy first downs on first or second. And a lot of times that happens because you're, you're in third and long. You're in third and, and more than six. And, and you know, the defense knows what you want to do. I mean, that's a, a, obviously a high pass down mm-hmm. uh, situation. So if you can get to a more manageable third down situation where now the offense is completely open. Mm-hmm. So now you can you have the ability to run that slant route outside. You have the ability to run the football in that situation. That's what's going to help you and allow you to be an explosive offense because at some point, then you're going to be able to take some shots down the field when you're able to run the ball in those third down situations. They're going to start committing what they believe that is third and short and they commit to trying to take away the run. Then hey, now you can go over the top and have some success. 312-332-3776. That's how Mike in East Chicago got in. Mike, you're on the postgame show. Hey, man, what I wanted to say is uh, one of the reasons it seems like Foles is doing dink and dunk is because he's not having a lot of time. Even if you look at that play when he threw that interception, sure, he's got to make better decisions. But, I mean, the the the, uh, the defenses were on him immediately. And the last thing I want to say is my new nickname for uh, for Coach Nagy is uh, is, is uh, Ice Water. And the reason is because whenever Nick Foles gets hot like a streaky shooter, you can always count on the coach to try to slow him down or do something <laughs> else to, uh, to cool him off. So his new name is, is Ice Water because he pours ice water on Nick Foles, the streaky, the streaky uh, quarterback that everybody knows is streaky. <laughs> so, Thanks, Mike. <laughs> so no ice water in his veins. He's got ice water on the sidelines trying to slow him down, Howard. Trying to slow people down. and Well, you know, again, we, we talked about the run game, right, the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And I think you also have to look at pass protection. And there are some situations where, you know, the pass rushers are just having their way. And, you know, we talked about Aaron Donald. Looking at him a week from now, and it's, it's going to be a little bit of an issue. So, again, they've got to be able to, to figure it out, you know, give some guys some time to be able to make some plays. But, you know, where in the playbook, you're going to have to go to a, a quick passing game to try to, to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands a lot faster mm-hmm. uh, so that he can have an opportunity to have some success. Let's check in with Dan, Daniel in Highland Park. Dan, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, my man? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, besides play management, that first down is something that Nagy was saying last last during the week that they have to do better on, and they do. I call it Turner One because of the of our offensive coordinator years ago, who always on the first down tried to try to run, and he always went right through the middle and maybe made a yard, maybe lost two or three. I call that a Turner One, and they're still doing it. And I don't understand why they can't do better on that first down. Yeah, Daniel, they're, they're going to have to, right? You have more success on third, on first down. That, that's going to allow you, again, to continue to open up the playbook. But they've got to have some success some kind of way, and they're just you know, trying to find their way. And, and listen, maybe they're going to continue to get better, right? We watch the defense 
get better from week one to, to where they are right now. So maybe this offense is still trying to find their grooves. But the, the only caveat to that is the offensive line is still the offensive line, and they're struggling mighty right now. Yeah, you know, Juan Castillo was brought in because Matt Nagy was more, you know, uh, supposedly more comfortable with him, working with him, even though Harry Heastand was, you know, Look, I I think I, I Howard, did you ever have any uh, experience with Harry Heastan? I did. Okay, I so did. so you can speak to this because around yeah. the league, everybody will talk to and praise about one yes. of the best offensive line head coach uh, coaches in the league, mm-hmm. and yet Matt Nagy, for whatever reason, they weren't on the same page, and he brings in Juan Castillo, and unfortunately, six games in, not seeing a whole lot of difference. Not seeing anything. Um, not seeing any development. Um, you know, that's what you need to be able to see from an offensive line and see them getting better, see them being able to hang their hat on a, on a certain play that they can have some success on. Uh, but now you're not even seeing that. You know, earlier in the season they were having some success, and this is probably due to their opponents. You were watching them run the wide zone and having a great deal of success being able to put the foot in the ground and get north. Now you're not seeing that successful play being run, and uh, that's a problem because you don't have a, a play that – you know, you feel comfortable as, as as a coach dialing up because they're not having any success in execution. Let's check in with Mike in Norwood Park. Mike, you're on ESPN 1000 with Howard Griffith, Jeff Meller. What's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Good. Yeah, just, uh, I don't know. Um, a win's a win, I guess, but it's not pretty. Uh, to me, this isn't a 5 and one team that the league really needs to be concerned about. Uh I'm not really confident in Matt Nagy's play calling. I think he's very inconsistent. I think uh, at sometimes with the calls that he makes, either he doesn't trust his offense or he doesn't trust himself. Because when you throw on the last drive, potentially, of the game twice and stop the clock once against Tom Brady, I mean, you probably need your head examined a little bit. I mean, that's just not – I mean, the league has suffered his last two-minute drives for years. Um, I think Kyle Fuller's a stud. I think, uh, in my opinion, top five cornerback in the league. Uh, it's unfortunate with some of the calls that go against them. But, you know, with the calls being – and you know what? We don't have a fullback, but why can't we put Cordell's uh, – uh, Patterson, Patterson? Yeah. in the I formation? The and guy's an we- animal. Mike, as a lead as a, as a lead blocker, you're calling for Cordero Patterson. I guarantee you, Matt Nagy's more likely to give him the ball in the I formation than he's allowed uh, allowed to let him be the lead blocker in that situation. Howard, your thoughts on Cordero <laughs> Patterson as a potential lead blocker? Out of no, the eye. N- not a good idea. And, and I thought I thought Mike was going to go this direction too. Is you know maybe go with the lead blocker as far as your tight ends are concerned uh, to allow them to do that, but that that's tough to do as well because it, it may sound good. Mm-hmm. You got a six four guy that's two hundred and fifty pounds, but that's not what he does. Sure, hey, listen, Howard, <laughs> Howard Griffith takes offense to that. Like just to think you're going to take a tight end and you know put him back there as your fullback lead, you know, or you know slipping an H back, and all of a sudden he's going to do the dirty work. Look, Howard Griffith made a career of being uh, Terrell Davis's lead blocker there. Uh, had plenty of success, but you don't just put guy- the, the other part is uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you send in the tight end. Once you know on a on a fourth and short or a third and short or or a goal goal to goal situation, like it, you're kind of telegraphing your play call there in yeah. that situation as well, making it more difficult to yeah, be successful. No doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's what you would be doing. But you know, you got to be able to line it up and be able to knock the opponent off the ball, and, and that's 
I, I don't care what you're able to do, right, in this new age offense where, you know, you're able to, to throw the ball all over the parking lot and score points and that sort of thing. Which, But at the end of the day, you still have to be able to be physical and be able to control a line of scrimmage. And whether that's the offense or the defensive line of scrimmage, you've got to be able to do that. And if you can't, you're going to have issues. You're going to have issues. We, we watch the Bears defensive line today. They'll, they'll rush for and they'll get there. They'll keep the quarterback uh, in a stressful position where he can't feel comfortable about stepping up and throwing the ball around because those guys up front are, are relentless in their pass rushing uh, duties and they've taken like I said, they've taken that next step and you know you're watching the linebackers be able to float to the ball and have success there and that's a big part of that is what the defensive line is able to do being able to take up the the blockers uh, from the offense but you know it, it, they've got to keep getting better and that's the you know I keep saying it but but that's the reality of it they've got to find some plays that they can hang their hat on to be successful. That's the voice of uh, my lead back, making it easy for me, Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. We're taking your calls here on the postgame show on ESPN 1000. Two hours after every Bears game, we're here for you. Instant reaction. We'll hear from Matt Nagy as well, coming up in just two short minutes. Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. 